a regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. And unfortunately, we are talking about an infringement today because a right delayed is a right denied. And unfortunately, even in some shall-issue states... We are seeing a, a Second Amendment slowdown when it comes to the uh, right to carry. You know, we talked about what's going on in some of the blue states earlier this week, uh, but I ran across a story uh, earlier today from one of the uh, Charlotte, North Carolina uh, news stations. And I will give credit to uh, Jonathan Lowe, the reporter at WSOC, for covering this story and for doing a good job. Uh, he actually apparently had a, a call from a couple there in Mecklenburg County, Joyce Upchurch, um, who uh, had applied for a concealed carry license, she and her husband both. Um, They did this months and months ago. Uh, And yet, uh, as uh, Lowe reports, they are, quote, still playing the waiting game to get their concealed carry license. Uh, Joyce Upchurch and her husband... Um, actually, I guess, started the process way back in February. Uh, she said that uh, February, we went through everything. We put in our application online. Uh, and then she said uh, the deputy or sheriff, whoever was there that did the fingerprinting, said it would be quite a while, probably at least six months, if not longer. So she and her husband got fingerprinted back on April 29th. Yeah. And since then, she said, we never heard anything after we got our fingerprints done. And she pointed out that a judge back in June uh, required the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office to provide same-day fingerprinting services. This was something that, uh, you know, the Sheriff's Office had said, well, we're going to do this via appointment because of COVID. Judge back in June said, no, 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 no. Same-day fingerprinting. And by the way, you've got 45 days to issue or deny these permits once the application has been submitted. Well, Jonathan Lowe spoke with the Mecklenburg County Sheriff Jerry McFadden on a Tuesday night. And the sheriff said that many people, quote, are not aware that his office is often in the waiting game as well for reasons that are out of his control, saying, quote, we are at the mercy of the hospitals and these institutions that we have to rely on to fulfill the obligation of actually issuing these concealed carry licenses. He says that the 45-day countdown doesn't start until his office receives all of the necessary information, not from the time the application is dropped off. He said that once we receive all of the records back, then we have to take a staff member to read through it all of your uh, medical records. Now, in this particular case, uh, apparently a low, excuse me, the uh, a woman in question uh, is waiting on the Department of Veterans Affairs to release Joyce Upchurch's records. Yeah, she's not happy with this. She says it's not comfortable. It's not natural, but it's something that I I can do, meaning carry a firearm in self-defense, but she can't, not legally anyway, uh, because of the delays in reporting by the Veterans Administration. Now, by the way, this is a North Carolina state law that requires the release of these medical records. So where you live, the laws may vary. But this is a problem in North Carolina for sure, because it's not just the VA. While the Veterans Administration says, quote, we are experiencing a significant increase 
in the volume of medical record requests supporting our care for veterans, which is our priority. This has reduced our capacity to process medical correspondence, resulting in longer response times for concealed carry weapons permit requests. So the VA is not denying, by the way, uh, that there are delays here. We don't know how many people have been impacted. We don't know how long the average delay is. There are a lot of questions. We'll be asking those questions to the Veterans Administration later today. But as I said, it's not just the VA, unfortunately. Uh, I went online to the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Department website. They have a dashboard for uh, their their permits, right? So you've got some of the uh, frequently asked questions, and here's the process. But there is a, a page on the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's website that talks specifically about these medical delays. So again, because of these COVID rules, the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Department has not been um, doing, you know, like uh, a drop in. You just wander into the Sheriff's Department and here's my uh, here's my uh, application. They've had various appointments where in events where people can go and they can you know drop off their applications. Um, and so look at all of the local hospitals and in some cases, again, the Veterans Affairs who have yet to submit any information about applicants who dropped off applications. So in some cases, for example, uh, the, the first hospital that's listed, Broughton, uh, has not re- uh, released information from late September uh, and early October. That maybe is a little understandable, right? Uh, Atrium Health, going back to May and July, all of August, all of September, they've not released their medical records. That's a little less understandable, considering we're going back to May. Uh, Watkins Center appears to be almost up to date uh, through October the 4th anyway. Novant Health, going back again to uh, dates in May, June, July, September, and October. But the Veterans Affairs has basically not reported any information dating back to last January. All of the applicants in Mecklenburg County, and presumably in other North Carolina counties as well, uh, who have to have their records released by the Department of Veterans Affairs, if they've applied in February, March, April, May, June, July, August, or September... Apparently, the VA has not submitted those records to their county sheriff. And until the VA does, these individuals cannot get a concealed carry license. It doesn't matter if they've passed all of the training requirements. It doesn't matter if they've passed a background check. Under North Carolina statutes, these medical records have to be considered as well. And as long as the VA is holding on to these records, well, no concealed carry permit for Joyce Upchurch or an untold number of North Carolinians who are twiddling their thumbs rather than legally carrying a firearm because of these government delays. So again, we are going to be following up with the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, I know for a fact that, and, and you do as well, I mean, there are huge shortfalls uh, in the healthcare industry right now. And I understand that. But again, when you look at the list of all of the, uh, the, the hospitals in the area who have yet to submit information, uh, well, again, Novant Health, Atrium Health, they've, they've got some issues here. Not nearly as bad as what we're seeing from our government, right? Our own federal government uh, in terms of processing these records in anything close to a timely manner. Well, as I said, a right delayed is a right denied. And we have seen action in the past, legal action taken in North Carolina, uh, against these lengthy delays in issuing concealed carry permits. So 
Well, we'll be putting in a request to the Department of Veterans Affairs to get more information. We'll also be checking with Second Amendment groups to see about the possibility of a lawsuit against the VA over the delays and handing over these medical records, which again, in turn, is leading to a delay in the exercise of the right to bear arms. I would say this goes beyond, um, you know, having to, uh, to to give the government a little bit of a grace period. If we're not talking about people who have been waiting 10 months or more for the government to get off its collective bureaucratic rear end and turn over these records so that folks can exercise a constitutional right, something has to give. Either that requirement in North Carolina state law needs to be suspended until the VA catches up to its backlog. The VA needs to address the uh, shortfall that is leading to these massive delays, or both, frankly. Uh, But one way or another, the Second Amendment rights of North Carolinians should not be placed on hold because of bureaucratic shortfalls or government incompetence. And we will be following up on this story in the uh, very near future. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there in the anti-gun state of New Jersey, where uh, Governor Phil Murphy says he's ready to crack down on legal gun owners, all kinds of new restrictions coming on the right to carry. Meanwhile, you rob a, actually, you rob three banks in New Jersey. You can walk away with probation, and you can then turn around and do it all over again. Yeah. How about that? 31-year-old Everton Gunter was given probation for three bank robberies that he committed just last year in New Jersey. This was like a week ago. Uh, Maybe a little bit longer than a week, because he was charged last Sunday with robbing the Bank of America, one of the banks that he actually robbed the year before. Yeah, how about that? Uh, Just seven days after he got that sweetheart plea deal, Everett and Gunter charged once again with bank robbery. Now, Gunter, he did spend 382 days in jail, while he was awaiting his probationary sentence. Um, But given the fact that one bank robbery is punishable by multiple years in prison, committing three bank robberies and then being told, ah, time served, that's enough, uh, seems like a little light sentence to me. Particularly when, if you are, let's say, a legal gun owner in Virginia uh, who dares to bring your firearm with you into New Jersey, right? In your vehicle, maybe not in your trunk, but maybe in your vehicle, in your car, and you know, like in your glove compartment or something like that. You'd be looking at five years in prison, rob a bank, and uh, don't do that again. No, no, we really mean it, Mister Gunter. Don't, don't do it again. I know you did it three times, but don't do it again. Maybe the fourth time's the charm here for uh, Everton Gunter, but. Wouldn't be too confident about that. Meanwhile, it would be nice if uh, New Jersey's anti-gun Democrats kind of had their priorities in order, right? Go after the, I don't know, actual criminals first rather than trying to criminalize people who are exercising their fundamental constitutional rights. Uh, Like the subject of today's armed citizen story uh, from Detroit, Michigan, where police say an intruder was shot and killed during a home invasion uh, in the Motor City. Uh, apparently the intruder had a relationship with the homeowner in question and was there at the home, uh, but was asked to leave the premises and did so. But officers say around nine o'clock yesterday morning, the man attempted to return to the home and get inside, not through the front door, but through a front window. According to police, someone inside the home fired several shots at the man. He was struck and killed. Police uh, are calling the incident, quote, domestic in nature. Uh, Detroit police say that uh, two people were detained for additional questioning. They say it's unclear if the victim had a relationship with the person who actual, uh, actually fired the shots. 
Uh, police also didn't say if the uh, two people detained will be facing charges. Uh, but at this point, it appears to be a, a case of self-defense. Uh, neighbors say they were surprised to hear about this. Uh, one neighbor said, uh, it's close to home. we got little kids on the block. We, we've seen them there. We've never seen any arguments or fights since they've been there. But uh, again, at this point, it looks like this was a, a case of self-defense. We'll bring you any uh, other updates as they become available. And finally today, our good deed of the day, out in California, where a, a good Samaritan in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing to stop an attempted kidnapping in the town of Reedley, California. Now, this was, I mean, honestly, this sounds like some stranger danger stuff. Uh, it was Monday afternoon. A, a teenage girl, around 3 o'clock, um, was walking home from school. I think she had just gotten off of the bus uh, and was walking to her house when she said she heard uh, a car pulling up behind her. It turned out to be a white van. And then somebody grabbed her and tried to yank her backwards. Uh, Sergeant Gary Kincaid with the uh, uh, Reedley Police Department says that at that point, a good Samaritan came to her aid. He said there was a good Samaritan somewhere in the area that saw what was going on, grabbed onto the victim's arm, and helped to pull her away. And apparently once the attempted abductor realized, oh, okay, there's somebody else here, they took off. Uh, the department, now looking over evidence and leads, they're trying to figure out who this attempted kidnapper were, but they also want to speak to the Good Samaritan uh, to say thank you. Uh, in nearby Kings County, by the way, uh, Hanford Elementary School District parents say they, they got an email of a similar incident happening to a boy walking home from one of the schools in Kings County. Uh, the district superintendent talked to uh, ABC 30 in Fresno, California, uh, and confirmed that Tuesday... A student who was walking home from a local elementary school was approached by, quote, an older bald man with a white beard driving a white van with no windows. She said the man asked the child if he wanted to ride home. Uh, the boy ended up running home and reported the incident to a parent, uh, which is a very, very good thing. Uh, hopefully, police are able to develop leads and uh, take a suspect into custody here. But uh, might be good for uh, parents in the area to remind their kids about, you know, don't talk to strangers, don't get anybody's uh, a car. And thankfully, again... That Good Samaritan uh, was there in Reedley, California, to prevent an abduction from taking place. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always. I do apologize, by the way, for uh, not having much company this week. This is you, you've been my company, uh, and I do apologize for that. It's we, we've. It, We've had some stuff going on personally here. Uh, as you know, about six months ago, my oldest son passed away. And uh, this weekend is his celebration of life. And so um, it's been a kind of hectic week uh, for my family personally. And I do apologize because I have not been able to give as much time and attention to the show as I normally would like. Uh, but I promise that we'll get back to it next week. And I do appreciate your patience. So thank you again. Now, I hope you uh, enjoyed today's program. I would encourage you to check out BarionArms.com, the website as well. We are updating it constantly with the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about because it is a very busy time when it comes to defending your right to keep and bear arms. If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP member. All you have to do is go to BarionArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content, news stories, analysis that you won't get anywhere else. Because your support does matter, and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. 
I'll see you back here with another edition of Barry and Arms Gaming Company on Monday, but we will be updating uh, the website throughout the weekend. So make sure you check it out. Stay up to date. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.